Hello, Ari. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on? Uh, you're in New York. No, where are you? In I'm New in New York. York. I'm in right New York. Now? Rainy, you're... rainy, okay. rainy New York. All right. Well, let me just uh, for those many people know you. Uh, you have a very popular channel on YouTube. Uh, and uh, you speak Chinese extremely well. Uh, I looked at some of your videos. Uh, I found them very interesting. And uh, so maybe I could begin by asking you, it, it says somewhere that you are also, you teach Chinese, uh, you do these uh, videos where you A, showcase your Chinese skills, but I think more important in a way, you introduce aspects of Chinese food and Chinese culture to people who know very little yeah. about it. So can I ask you, a little bit about your background, introduce yourself, and, and how you got into doing all these things. Yeah, so so I would say um, my like my background as it relates to Chinese, I started studying Chinese this sort of the summer after high school. I was a little bit bored, looking for something to do, um, and so I just kind of saw an ad in the paper for a free Chinese class, and I always knew that I liked studying languages and I was good at it, so I was like, all right, Chinese sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so I took that class and it ended up being a really, really great experience. Um, I continued studying, you know, in college, um, sophomore year of school, I was like, um, I ended up getting a scholarship to go to China, learn Chinese, um, or... Can, can I stop you for yeah. a second? Can I stop you for a second? So why would someone offer free Chinese lessons? Is this a way to get you in the door for further Chinese lessons? It, it's the way, it's, it's the way for the, for the Chinese government to promote the study of Chinese internationally. Okay. Chinese government. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, sorry. So then, so then you went to China. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're handing out, they're handing out, um, you know, scholarships to foreigners to go to, to go to China, to learn Chinese. I went to China, spent right. a year in Beijing. Uh, um, right. really enjoyed my time there. Um, and this was what year again? Just this to... was 2010, 2009, 2009, 2010 okay. academic year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yep. um, so loved it, came back to the States and I kind of had like the language learning bug at that point slash Chinese culture bug. So I started, sort of started making like videos on YouTube, just like little language learning videos and, and accent mm -hmm. videos and just kind of like fun things. And I like doing that, but I didn't, I never really kind of took it seriously until maybe a couple of years ago when I, I started doing this channel, uh, full time. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's like the 30 second elevator version, but happened to happy to get like into more detail, you know, on any of these. Okay. Things. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into your, uh, videos, which are very entertaining and I think people will enjoy looking at them, um, Chinese, uh, a lot of people think Chinese is very difficult. Yep. Uh, how difficult did you find it? And do you have any advice for people who either are in the middle of trying to learn Chinese or have contemplated learning Chinese? Right. Yeah. So that's a great question. So I would say, I think that in English speaking countries, we tend to view Chinese as like the, the pinnacle of intellectual ability, right? If you can speak Chinese, then you must be the smartest person on earth, which Anyone, like any non-Chinese person who spent time studying Chinese can tell you it's kind of nonsense. Like Chinese is not, I guess learning to write is one, learning to write and read is one, is a whole separate beast. But actually learning to speak Chinese is not really the hardest thing on the planet. You know, um, it's, I think the biggest difficulty for, for non-native speakers getting over is the tones initially. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but, but I think that like, 
you you can you know the grammar i would say relative to other you know languages i studied is actually fairly similar to english um the uh there's a couple weirdness weird things there but there's also a lot of things that make it easy to learn so honestly like it's not like i was i had spent like i had learned a year of chinese before going to china but i was like conversationally fluent in chinese within a few months i would say of starting to live in china mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um Okay, but but the fact remains. I mean, I studied Chinese, yeah. and uh, to me, there's really two issues. One is the characters, and the other is the tones. So, I mean, every language has uh, those things that are difficult. If you get rid of the things that are difficult, then it's easy. Yeah. But you're still left with the things that are difficult. Right. So, um, a, how did you tackle the tones, and b, how did you tackle the characters? Right. So, I would say with tones, um, with tones, I kind of, I kind of have a like a a jail what's it called get out of jail free card with that one to be honest like i've always been good at at languages and accents and so that just kind of came very naturally and easily for me um i will say and i know a lot of i know it's very difficult though for a lot of people and and something that's helped me and other people in the past get over that um is is like audio repetition so listening Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. like recording yourself speak and then playing it back with with native references to whatever you're saying right. um is mm-hmm. super super helpful for for trying to understand where your where your tones are wrong and where your accents wrong um and you, you definitely you need to do that but you also just need to practice like a ton like if you want to get good at tones i mean you you can speak like i definitely know foreigners who've spoken chinese for a long time and still have really crappy tones but like that's the first step right the first thing you have to do is is speak and then you're going to notice that your tones are not good so the Mm -hmm. way to get that the way to get over that i feel like is through deliberate practice with practicing your own tones and comparing it to to native Mm -hmm. speakers um as far as as far as characters that one that one definitely did not come as naturally for me like first of all my handwriting is really bad so i've never been like i haven't been good with 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 just writing things and like eye to hand memory, that's not one of my strong suits. Um, so with that, I would say I just kind of tried to focus on like I tried to I tried to like separate what was important to me and what wasn't. So pretty early on, I decided like there's no way I'm ever going to be able to write Chinese well. Like that's just not it's just not in the cards, you know. Like I am not right. a calligraphy guy. So so you know what I was like, and I and I know that in introductory classes they really try to stress like stroke order and you know, you got to get the form right, all this stuff. But like, I, I was, I just didn't want to focus that because there were things that were more important to me. So I made kind of a decision early on to not focus on that and focus more on just recognition and recall. Mm-hmm. And so, which right. I think is much more important for reading um, and, uh, you know, just, just all the stuff that you do in day-to-day life in Chinese, even for, t- even for texting. If you're typing in Chinese, you're probably typing with pinyin. Which, which which is basically all recall. All you need to know is how the character right. sounds, and then when you type it in, it's going to come up, and as long as you can recognize that that's the right character, you're good. So um, so I just kind of focus on recall and the way that the way that I got good at that. And I'm still not, like, the best at recognizing Chinese characters and reading Chinese, but, um, you know, the, 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 way that I, the way that I got to the level where I am now, which is that I can comfortably read most stuff that I want to read on a daily basis, um, is... One, you know, lots, initially it was lots of Anki, just lots of straight memorization of characters. You know, it sucks, but, like, you got to do it. You just got to just memorize a whole ton of stuff. Um, 
and uh, just using it in context, you know, like when I would use certain characters, I, like I think there's there's some this one school of philosophy that says, all right, you just got to memorize the kanjis individually, and like you know, it just makes just like just like uh, you know, you can figure out like what the original meaning is, and that'll help you memorize. For me, that never worked. I just tried to memorize the words. Like and then I would mm-hmm. learn from that. I would learn in context what the original, what what the individual characters would mean. You know, because Chinese is a language of words, yeah. not characters. So, like that, that was the way that I tried to memorize things and then learn the characters from there. Right. I mean, uh, everyone has their own approach. I must say, with regard to the tones, yeah. I focused a lot on listening. Yeah. And in particular, I listened to the sort of Xiangsheng uh, comic dialogues where they tend to exaggerate the tones. <laughs> I didn't really try to listen to myself too much because I didn't want to become too self-conscious. Right. And I think you got to be a little careful in terms of an accent. If you spend too much time listening to yourself, you get self-conscious. Yeah. Whereas I found that if I just let it go and, but you have to do a lot of listening. If you, if you just speak with people every now and again, you'll continue to have poor tones. Yes. But I think you can train yourself to get better at yeah. them. And on the characters, I agree with you. I, I have poor handwriting, but when I was studying Chinese, we had to write. We had to write. For my final exam, I had to be able to translate newspaper editorials from English into Chinese. So yeah. the only, the only uh, you know, objective was to make sure people could read what I had written. Right. It didn't have to look nice. Right. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Nobody writes today. I mean, I similarly in Japanese or Russian, I never write, uh, but I use my computer so I can communicate, you know, writing on the computer but but uh, but i did find that writing the characters out by hand helped me learn them but i agree i had a terrible terrible handwriting uh and i also agree that uh, the chinese uh, i mean i i think learning any language is not a matter of intellectual achievement yeah. it's simply a matter of of allowing allowing yourself to you know not resist the language and allowing it to enter your brain and just letting go and and so none of these things are necessarily a sign of great I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to find some very, you know, high IQ professors, say foreigners in the United States or Canada who have, uh, who speak with a very heavy accent, for example. Uh, so I don't think fluency uh, in a language is necessarily a sign of a high IQ. Anyway, so you learn Chinese and now what got you into these very entertaining and I really encourage people to go and look at them. I mean, you're getting like three, four, five or more million views for these videos. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it, what, what, okay, let me ask you this. To what do you attribute the appeal of your videos? Yeah, to be honest, I, I initially, you know, I was sort of a little bit surprised by it. I, I think that, I think that one thing, one thing that I've learned is that I think, I think people, I think people want some sort of inspiration when mm-hmm. they're, they're learning languages. Like they want to be able to see a goal you know like they want to be able to see mm-hmm. like what 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 can't like what's the point of learning a language like why why should i even bother spending all this time with these mm-hmm. textbooks and like listening drills and like like why do i even care you know so like i think what my videos let people do is is give them a reason to care right like if you learn a language if you learn a new language you're you're getting a new personality you're getting a new soul you're getting a new way to like to like interact with a huge number of people on this planet that previously you just weren't able to do and so like i think that in my videos you know i'm able to show like what it's like to to have meaningful interactions and relationships with people that 
pre that for someone like me just growing up in the U.S. with only English as my native language would otherwise have been impossible had I not learned this language. Um, right. So, so I think that I think that um, uh, yeah, you know, and and people message me all the time just just saying like saying saying that these videos help them like inspire them to want to learn Mandarin or, or other languages and um, yeah, that's why I keep doing them. I think, yeah, what I think is great in them is that uh, I think for the average New Yorker walking down the street, seeing some uh, Chinese food vendor, uh, consider them to be sort of very distant, very yeah. exotic, very strange, uh, may not want to even buy anything from them. And so you bring these people closer, you, you, you approach them and, and they come across as being very, of course they're human, but we see them as very strange and we bring, it, it just creates a sort of a sense of familiarity with Chinese street vendors, Chinese culture, Chinese food. So I think that's a, a really good, uh, a, a really good service. It is interesting to note though, that for a Westerner to go and speak to some people say in Chinese on the street, is curious, interesting, whatever. Uh, I'm trying to picture a Chinese or a Japanese person goes to the States and does videos of going around speaking to people in English. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be very interesting at all. Nobody would be interested yeah. in that. So it does, it is a reflection of how, um, I guess people in China and Japan get much more exposure to Western culture, Western people, yeah. Western things. And we get much less exposure to them and their culture, and therefore they're perceived as more strange. And therefore, when you go there and you just you know interact with them naturally in their language, it's perceived as something interesting, whereas the reverse wouldn't necessarily be the case. Sure. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think another I think another factor contributing to this is that I I think that I think that there's there's whether it's due to the monolingual status of English in, you know, many Western countries or, or what have you, the, um, I think there's something about language learning that is, is kind of prized as, as sort of like a good in its own, like, regard in, in Western countries. Whereas in these videos I've noticed, like, I, my Chinese people and my Asian fans from Asia are not as interested in them as my Western fans. And I think that, I think that there's something about like, you know, sorry, they're not interested in, in what? Like my, my, like these, these types of videos where I, you know, interact with people in the street in Chinese. Oh, I see what right. you mean. Yeah. They're of less they're interest, less interested to, in to the Asians. Yeah. And I think that part of yeah. that is, is that in Asia, language learning is not necessarily like it's, it's regarded as something like, you know, you should learn English because it can help you get economic opportunities. But it's not necessarily regarded as something cool or something like just. In, I I think there's there's a thing in American culture where you know maybe it's maybe it's all the movies you see when like some guy busts out like seven different languages and like you know it's like James Bond speaks like French, Spanish, or like whatever. Like there's just something cool about it that I think is 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 sort of inherent to to uh, you know Western culture that is not necessarily, like, it's not necessarily regarded as, like, a pinnacle of intellectual achievement in China to be able to speak really good English, like, yeah. you know, so. I, I would say that uh, I would have to disagree. I think that um, 
that in the West, and of course the West is not just North America, yeah. the West is Europe, right. the West is uh, whatever. Um, speaking uh, many languages is valued and it's also valued in Asia. We had a polyglot conference in Fukuoka and there were a lot of people there from Asian countries, Japan, China, Korea, Indonesia, yeah. whatever, who spoke uh, many languages. I think that the, the difficulty is most people are not prepared to put the effort in. Most people would like to speak yeah. one other, two other, three other languages. Uh, when they discover that it's a lot of work or at least a lot of time, then a lot of people are discouraged right. or because they use methods that are not very effective. Yeah. But I think generally, I don't think there's that much difference. Uh, my interaction with people from Asia, they're as appreciative of people who learn languages yeah. uh, as, as we are. I don't see a big difference there, except that uh, I would even go as far as to say that in North America, someone who speaks a lot of languages is considered a bit freaky. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> to some people, yeah. to some people. Right. But, but hey, everywhere you got all kinds of different right. people. But at any rate, you know, uh, I think it's great to see. And you're learning uh, Fujianhua or Taiwanhua as well. Yeah, Fujianhua and and um, Fujianhua. Yeah, that's what I've been learning most recently. Which, which I think, I think like back on the theme of engaging with people's cultures. Like for me, right. for me, like the reactions that I get from people when I can speak Fujianese with them, as opposed to Mandarin. Mm -hmm. Are, are just so much greater. I, I think that people. When you're saying Fujianhua, you're saying in Taiwan. No, 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 in New York. Or in Fujianhua. Oh, in yeah. New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Lots of people. Yeah, yeah. Lots of people in New York speak Fujianese. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Which is which is kind of like one of these weird accidents of geography, but um, yeah, it, it just it it just happens like that. So how about the Cantonese? I speak a little bit Cantonese too. Um, mm -hmm. which I use in my videos sometimes, um, just because there's like in, right. in New York, probably outside of Mandarin, the two biggest Chinese languages that people speak are Fujianese and, and Cantonese. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but so oh, okay. Now, just to, to end up here, uh, we could go on for quite a long time. So, where are you gonna? What do you do or intend to do with all of this? Where does this lead to? Are you just gonna continue making these videos, yeah. or <laughs> I, I see where you're teaching Chinese on a voluntary basis in New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's just kind of like for fun, and you know, it, it's nice to give mm -hmm. back to the community. But um, you know, yeah, I, I don't. I, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know where it goes. I, I mean, I, you know, like if you had asked me a year ago or two years ago what I would be doing in a year from that point, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have any idea. Um, so to me, trying to make long-term plans is like, it's like trying to nail jello to a wall. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a month from now. Um, okay. you know, so, so yeah, so the, the, the only thing that I'll say is just, you know, I, I want to keep making things that, you know, that can help share cultures and languages throughout the world and just right. be able to bring yeah. some kind of like inspiration and joy to, to people's lives and, and, and motivate people to learn Chinese or, or other languages. And, um, you know, for me, I, I get a lot of, you know, like happiness and, and, and pride out of doing this. So, um, yeah. Well, I recommend people go and visit. I'll leave a link uh, in the description box. Uh, listen to Xiaoma speaking different languages and uh, bridging the cultural divide. Anyway, thank you very much sure. for chatting with yeah. us. Okay. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye.